Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Always honored every every time people take uh, of their valuable time to receive from this ministry. I've said many times I have a great privilege of traveling around the United States and around the world, and I meet the most uh, dynamic and coolest people. And today I'm really honored because my dear friend Dave Whittington of Redemption House Life Center, uh, an apostle of the Lord who we've been friends for many, many years. And one thing, um, I was thinking about this uh, even yesterday, a, a few things. Dave's a friend of God, and I'm always edified every time we have a conversation, we start talking about things of the Lord and just talking about what God's speaking to us, what God's doing in our hearts. And even more, uh, he's a great strategist. I love hearing about, hey, so how, do you, how, do, how did you go about doing this? But uh, Dave, how long has it been since you and your uh, beautiful bride, Tracy, planted Redemption House Life Center in, uh, is it Arnold? Is, this, is that Arnold or is it? No? Yeah, in oh, that whole area. In yeah. that Arnold area. How long has it been since you started the church? And uh, talk to us some about that. All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me on, Abner. Absolutely. I think this is awesome. Uh, first of all, when one thing that happens when we come together as believers and we have to put our faith here is right. Uh, the spirit of the Lord begins to come upon us and we begin to prophesy because it's a testimony of Jesus, right? So the spirit of prophecy comes and then that, that edification, that strategy. So even listening to podcasts brings that when you're listening yep. to things that, of the anointing. So we started a church out of a, a need. We went to uh, voice of the apostles and heard a word from the what Lord. What year is this? 2010. Okay. 2010, we were with uh, Heidi Baker was there, and then Larry Randolph spoke about the upside down kingdom mm. that our Whoa, I just felt the ceiling would be the next generation's floor. And I was thinking, our church is nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we have the entourage and, and all the stuff that was, that was very uh, different. We lived in a basement. We had like 28 to 34 people living in our house with us. Uh, some of them, like 30 people. Some were by, by uh, dual diagnosed, is what you call it, with addiction, uh, trying to take care of uh, mental illness. So just and, to give people context, you're, you and your wife fully in, all on the things of God. You're attending a local church. You're serving there. You're pastors there, yeah. Your associate pastors there. Mm -hmm. You have a home. But this home, you feel like God gave you because you're bringing in just these down and out people and you're literally living in the basement and you're at this conference now in 2010. Yes. I know that's a, the Reader's Digest. That's a wonderful yeah. digest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so this is all happening in my life. Uh, we have sex trafficking, single moms. Like I don't want to just say down and outers, but there's so many people that need help in this world and the church really needs to rise up in this area. So we just obeyed the call and God just kept expanding our lives. And here we are at this this meeting, and the Spirit of God just moves so heavily. I get up. I'm walking back to my seat. You get up where you're. You got. I'm sitting in the okay, front, okay. front, like on the carpet, just like <laughs> feasting to at receive, this conference. Yeah. And I'm like, I get up and I go to walk, and I can't even walk straight. My wife's carrying half of me like a V8 commercial. I'm on a major tilt, and so I'm walking back, and this prophetic lady jumps in front of me, a, a very seasoned prophet. Used to be in Ruth Heflin campground meetings a lot. Mm. So the glory people, right? So anyway, she jumps in front of me and says, she has no idea what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking, 
that what God's doing in my life, He's not doing it in the people I'm I'm running with right now, mm. and we're not really in the same space anymore, at least the majority, right? And mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm supposed to plant a church now, like that definitive. So I'm walking back, and she steps out and says, "I feel like I've just been at your commencement ceremony." Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what a word! <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that like. Boom, obvious. I, I prayed for about two months and then finally presented. And we started Redemption House Life Center on 1-1-2011. So about, oh, like six months later. It was, yeah, from October to one one eleven. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was very, very intense time. And let me and, just go back to this. You and your wife were convinced that this is something the Lord asked you to do, right? And, and then I told the Lord... Uh, you know how we've been trained. We know you know how we've been equipped, and this is stuff that people don't talk about. But favor is very, uh, very important for everything we do, and favor is connected to our obedience to what we believe uh, God put in Scripture, right? So, and um, you see Elisha, and you see him with Elijah. He's not. He tried to ditch him like five times. Stay here. I'll be back. And he says, "I'm not." leaving your side and everybody even the even the school of prophets they were saying he's gonna be taken up soon so this is like well known he's like basically prophesying over people like this is my last time and he's believing for a double portion so i said lord if i'm if i'm supposed to leave i believe uh the heart of the king is in the hand of the lord and like a river you'll make it go wherever you want, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds good. I'm asking the Lord to direct my senior leader to let us be launched. And if he won't do that, I say I'm not going to do it. Now, you're bringing up something that I think is really important because because one of the things I've observed in different streams in the body of Christ is, and you and I, similar kind of, what where we started in a sense of what some of our root system is and one we weren't in the same space you're saying we're basically they're not wrong they still love god but we don't have the same paradigm probably the best way to put it and a lot of times what i see is people go hey that root system that god gave me there no this is it this is where it's at right here and there's a dishonor i think that comes to the root system that God gave them. And I like to say, I have Pentecostal roots, but I'm charismatic in, in expression. And what I learned is when you, when in a sense, when you walk into what is new for you and where God has really assigned you, you don't throw out some of the root system that God has given you. And one of the things that the Lord told me many years ago, he said, if you'll honor the root system that I gave you, I'll always give you a space and an audience with them. And that's so awesome. I think that's really important what you're saying. You didn't like go, oh no, the Lord showed me. And, and how many years were you in this ministry? 12. 12. You were 12 years that you were there. Yeah. And and God began to un- unlock some things for you, but you didn't go, oh no, Lord, it shows me I'm supposed to start a ministry. I don't care what you say. You still wanted to honor the authority that God had given your leader. And I think yeah. it's really a powerful principle. Yeah, and and actually, we had grown to be very close. Uh, number one, number two, uh, he actually had the same heart, but he didn't necessarily have the the like desire to 
he didn't have the ability to get everybody else to be yeah, on that page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would, he, if we brought somebody to live in our house, he would come over and take them out, buy them their first suit in their life. Oh, yeah, Like yeah, he yeah, was yeah, epic, yeah. but yeah. but that did not exist across our church. Mm-hmm. So we start our church and we got like uh, dual diagnosed people. <laughs> we got, we got people that are like still I remember I came like, like they're four homeless. weeks into it. Yeah, yeah, you came very, very early. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it was, it was, it was a lot of development. Uh, Charles Stock brought, brought one of his key leaders and he left the church and it was so wild that, I mean, the whole meeting was so wild, but it was also just very unorthodox, right? Obviously, uh, because we just, we didn't have all the same protocols and systems in place. We had none of that. And so, <laughs> He said, they were driving home. They said, I feel like we just left another country. <laughs> now, that's a statement all by about itself. About what, what God was doing initially at Redemption. I, I almost I almost felt like I was going to do a backstroke down the fire tunnel and my feet were going to come off the ground. Mm. It was that kind of meeting. Mm. So it was like God was just kissing what he was doing because so many people needed real touch from God. I mean, these guys were like battling heroin addiction. Uh, many people in my so life your died. Launch team, your your launch team is basically probably a lot of people who needed therapy and deliverance. Yes, <laughs> therapy, deliverance, inner healing. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. they need the whole list. What a way to start a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a couple good leaders, maybe about five families. Uh huh. And uh, they were they were actually with us. We didn't really bring people from the church, except for the people that were already like super in in our lives. Right. Um. So we planted and. And it was wild and it took a lot of time. But eventually we started building more of the church to facilitate and help the people in the housing. Mm-hmm. So that took years and years to do. And what does that look like? Uh, a lot they, of trial and error. Like, tons oh, of trial I thought that person was a leader. That didn't quite work out. Well, it's kind of crazy because the people you think are most qualified seem to falter the most, which is weird to me. But. You think this has got to be the one? Mm-hmm. It's uh, like uh, like Samuel. Samuel was convinced that the first guy was Eleazar. Like this is the guy. Look, I mean, if there was a guy to choose, this would be the guy that's going to be anointed. And so, because of that, you know, Eleazar. Like the Lord says, I don't look at the outward appearance. Like yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I look at the heart, right? And so, there's a lot of times that we have to get over. The outward statements, the outward appearances, the way people believe, those things really hinder us in our spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, oh, this guy will be really good for me. What if he's not? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, oh, look, he's successful. Well, what if he's not for you? Like, what if God's not putting you together? So good. tons of trials and error. Let me talk about this. I think it's important. So you, you start this ministry. A few things I want to pull out, uh, at, at least in... This this session is number one. You knew that God had called you, and often I jokingly say like, "Oh, like mostly anything, but more my context." I'm working with a lot of leaders. The first thing I like, yeah, I'm not quite sure God called me. I said, "Well, let's not even talk then," because I, I don't mean to be mean, but for me, the call of God and the high call, fivefold ministry, to me, just keep doing what you're doing. Unless you know that you know that you know, or even a business or anything, but particularly my spirit usually is with leaders. I go, well, we'll talk later when you finally are convinced that this is what God called you to do. Because I find in the gravity 
of what God's called you to do, you will have so many opportunities to go, uh, or this is too challenging. I'm out. Like what's kept me is I know that God has called me. Like I know. And so yes. that's a baseline for me. When I know I got like, we did something a few last month in our ministry. <laughs> like, well, this doesn't look like this is working too well. And I, I, I don't care. Like, not that I don't care. I want to see it fruitful, but I'm doing this because I got the word of the Lord on this. Like, I don't know how this is all going to turn yeah. out, but I trust, I don't care if it doesn't look like this is bad, fine. I'm doing this because I got the word of the Lord and that's my baseline. So that's where I start. And I think it's so important because obviously you've had a few challenges in the yeah. ministry. Second thing though, that I want to ask you is one of the things I learned too, for, for most of pretty much for 20 years of ministry now, I've traveled and I just had, I knew I'm called to do this, but as I've done it, I've developed in an awareness of what, what is the context of that assignment? What, what, what have you seen in that? Okay. I start this church cause I know God called me to do it, but then what, what, what am I real? What is this redemption house supposed to look like? Because I've, I've learned that's an evolving thing for most leaders. Yeah, I think that's always the case. But I think if, if you're watching online, it's really important that you start to really assess the difference between when God calls you and when God wants to launch you. There's a, there's a commissioning that God it, will yeah. anoint you. Uh, David was actually anointed and went right back to the same job. So right, there's a, there's that time when That's you excellent. think God's yeah. called me. Well, but it doesn't mean anything right now. It, it's actually the anointing you needed to get to where you're supposed to be right. when he wants to put you in place. So we went through the season where God called me at Brownsville revival, right? I mean, so you need to go back a little bit then so really the, the revival happens. How many years you before get you anointed. the church then? Right. A long time. 95 Okay, so you got 95, really. 2000, I'm or, so a licensed ordained in 2001. So now it's 2011. So really, that's where the story started, really. Of course. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. that's when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, shook for three days. Fall asleep shaking. Wake up shaking. Three days. Lay hands on people. And they're falling out like unconscious out. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, what just happened to me? Uh, last Last weekend, I was on drugs. And this weekend, I'm a revivalist, <laughs> right? It was that ridiculous. And uh, that that time, this is important, prophecies yeah, and people yeah, yeah. calling and people yeah, saying, you're a pastor, you're an apostle. They don't know exactly. They just know there's something on your life. You feel that and then you go like, I'm supposed to run. Well, you're supposed to run straight after everything God's put in your life already and do it with the incredible excellence excellent. to build your skill set. Cause David starts going, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be doing something awesome, like a, like a king. I'm gonna be a power boss for God, yeah, and he yeah. just starts whipping his sling and singing songs to the Lord. It's gonna be awesome <laughs> when you get me where we're going. And so many people dream in that space, but I think they don't necessarily pick up their instruments. They don't pick up their skills. They don't sharpen their skills. Uh -huh. So in that whole time. I'm developing companies. I'm doing real estate. Uh, I'm I'm given like a maniac in the church. In six months, in six years, we were making and and uh, we were giving to the church what we were originally making in six years prior. Yeah. So we were making about fifty thousand in six years. We're giving. So that that kind of. So this is 
stuff is, you get to see because there's an anointing on your life. The anointing actually proves itself in you. So the anointing technically is a person of the Holy Spirit. It's an attribute. And he's going to prove himself in you so you learn to trust him. Because if you don't know how to trust him uh, and you don't have the word of the Lord, you say like, if you don't know, then go figure that out because you're still in the shepherd phase, like the right. sheep hill phase. Take that. Then there's a second uh, anointing was was Judea, where he's get gets over two tribes, and then finally the twelve tribes unite the third anointing with oil in David's life. So there's three anointings in David's life, and the commissioning for each of those uh, represents mankind agreeing with what God said. And You're saying a lot here. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's good. Think I, of, just, they, I just want to throw it out there. What d- I'm hearing. Let me tie. Let me tie back to what you said. Okay. You have to know that God called you into ministry or business. You need Whatever. to know yeah, you yeah. need to know that God called you into a marriage. So 100%. if you don't know That's these good. things, then when you get attacked, you can be like, yeah, maybe I missed God. And all these silly excuses will yeah, try yeah. to come in and make sense of themselves. They're, it's just basic tactics. Right. So no, I just I like, wanted to reaffirm what no, you no, originally I, started. I, I like this. The calling the word of the Lord I've learned is what qualifies you to do what God anything business, ministry, clean, painting a room like this. The Word of the Lord is what qualifies you. But it's not what manifests the will of God. The call qualifies you. It's the choices you make within the context of knowing what God has called you to do that determine, I've learned, if you change the world and you do the impossible. And you hit a really important thing, stewardship. And now all of the challenges that you're about to face when you start Redemption House, oh, because I've stewarded this in this business or because I did this, I'm not worried. Not that you know you didn't have a thought about it. I'm not really worried about money because I've given most of my money away and God's going to take – you know what I'm saying? You're going to face these yeah. challenges and it wasn't like uh, – let me put it this way. You were prepared – for your defining moment, even when the challenges came, not that you had it all together, but you had stewarded certain things to be a, to be able to handle the weight of the pressure that comes with starting a church. Not going, oh no, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. I think I'm going to go back to the marketplace. You you handled that and yeah. you were you you stewarded that. So I just want to okay. So the development, I want to kind of skip ahead, and I don't know how much time we got left in this program. Oh oh, good, we got some time. You, you know, you go back. I think that was great that you brought it back. Then what are you discovering now as you start a redemption house? Your Sunday after is I remember go to the Baptist church. Got people laid out. You got people I still remember because I got a little ticked. I was like, hey, can you sit down? I'm talking here. I'm having a message here. People just stand it up. What, what are you learning in this process now? Well, what I'm learning is how to love people. It's good. I'm learning how to love people because people live in my house. They're like a severe... Um, cases of mental illness, lots of medications. We got to pray through things. (laughs) It's absolutely crazy, right? We're learning how to love people well. And, uh, you know, sharing the same house with 30, 34 people. I got my kids there uh, uh, living with me through this whole adventure, I think is a good word. But I'm actually learning through the whole time, which took me a while to figure out, after I learned to love people well, then I needed to learn how to build properly, right? And that was the big wow. thing, the big, powerful. the big thing um, 
So you have to actually take the steps because there are things that God instills in you, like the the fear that comes with facing the lion and the fear that comes with facing the bear that mm. qualifies you for the Goliath, right? So a lot of times that those steps aren't clear because they don't look in alignment with kingship. But David started figuring it out, right? What happens exactly to the man that kills this giant? And they says, wow, that sounds like a lot of alignment with where I'm going. So in our stewardship, we're actually learning how to co-labor with God. What's God's part? Right. What's my part? Yeah, right. And until you learn that, you end yeah, up yeah, trying yeah. to do God's part all the time. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So we end up striving all the time. Mm-hmm. So some people are striving. Other people are believing God uh, under basis that aren't scriptural, right? I'm that's just going to jump out. No, that's no good. Matter, nobody could tell me what to do. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good because David was called a king, but it took years to develop till people called him king. When people called him king, they put him in a position as their king. When people call you a pastor, they put you in their sphere of influence called a pastor or called a prophet. Those, the agreement of people actually defines your metron, yeah, which is your, your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't get people to call you and you're calling you, then you got it all backwards, right? It's good. The people have to agree with the call that God calls you. Uh, Jesus said, if my witness is of myself, it, it, it's worthless, right? It's the Father it's who's good. agreeing. Yeah. So the Father should agree with the call in your life. That manifestation, people go, there's a call in your life. Right, and right, right. That's absolutely when you know because it's become evident over your stewardship. Mm-hmm. So they might not notice you when you're in the process. Well, I mean, they obviously didn't notice David. Right, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the first man I ever worked for in ministry. I've heard some stories. Yeah, yeah. He, but what's very interesting, and I'm always be thankful for everything that that man unlocked for me like he looks at me and i like didn't really know him i just knew him this really well-known guy who travels and speaks and you know kind of is doing what i want what i felt like god called me to do yeah and he's like you're a prophet i'm like what are you talking like what is this guy talking about he saw something in me that i didn't even see in myself yeah and he called me into that potential and he gave me an opportunity to grow in that And so I will always be thankful, even if some of it was really challenging. I never want to lose the strength of what that person brought to my life, even though there were some challenging and even quite honestly traumatic things that happened. I think that people are complex. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's a nice way of saying sometimes people can be really offer you something that's a key aspect of your life but it could also be painful and if you throw out the painful part i think i've told you the story of uh i won't mention it in this broadcast but this this man who's known around the world and has done i mean i think he's a general of our time the first the first ministry ever works for you to weekend so they're like oh we can't pay you you know like <laughs> And he could have left in that moment, but it was connected to his destiny. So it's the stewardship of those moments that unlock something for us. I want you to uh, just pray because I feel like right now there are people watching this broadcast. I'm called. They, and they're genuinely called. Uh, mm. A lot of them called to ministry. 
but they're like in this frustration of like, it's not happening. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? And just, just a, a prayer, whatever the Lord gives you for those watching this program. Very good. So, and anything else you got? So we kind of land the pro plane on this program. That's really good. So, if you're watching this program, it's interesting how the Lord has themed this particular uh, around the call of God on someone's life. If you feel called into the ministry, I want to just pray for you. And and I feel like the yep. Lord's going to bring in your life way more um, confirmation because the Lord is a confirmer of things. I mean. Yeah. I think personally, if Gideon would have asked for 10 fleeces, he would have did it for him because God loves the fact that I want to make sure that I know what yep. you're doing, God. He's not like we, we criticize people knowing that God has definitely called them. And I think God laughs about it, but I yeah, think yeah. God loves it because it's a pursuit of wanting to be in God's perfect will. And uh, if you're a parent, you know that you couldn't be happier about that. So as I get ready to pray, I want you to realize the times and seasons are for proving and developing. If you don't steward and expect God to do everything, then you've missed the most important part of waiting. Waiting is not a time frame. Waiting is a development frame. Good. When you develop, you'll get where God's called you. You'll be ready for the next phase of God's plan for your life. So let's pray. And thank you so yeah, much for uh, inviting me to this. Yeah. So Lord, thank you for right now every person that, watches this broadcast. I pray for those that feel called into ministry, but I also even pray for marketplace ministers. God, I pray for ministers in government and education, even in the film industry. Lord, that you just break the deception that says we're waiting and sitting here for God. Instead, let them be diligent about what you've put their hands yes, to. Yes, Lord. Lord, let them develop and become a owner in that sphere that they're in Shere so that they become the rulers of Potiphar's house, the rulers of the jail, the rulers of Egypt. God, there is a clear system in the word of God that as we steward and take hold of the plans that you have, you begin to explode these things in each of our lives so, Lord, I pray for those Holy Ghost entrepreneurs. I pray for them to rise up with such a cutting-edge distinction that it causes them to be preferred above their peers. Yeah. Because that's a promise from you. But they have to actually push in to know what it looks like. For those of you called to ministry, we pray for a Holy Ghost anointing that looks just like the book of Acts. Thank you, Lord. That we wouldn't have to uh, have a form of godliness denying the power thereof. But we would be able to have joy in the face of adversity, peace in the storms, loving even our greatest enemies and being able to release the power of God and everything we do. So I thank you, Lord, and I decree and declare over your life thank right you, now, Lord. you'll be so radically touched, so radically changed. And we just decree and declare this over your life in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Abner. Amen. And if you want to connect with what God is doing through Dave and Tracy Whittington, particularly Redemption House Life Center, what's the website? rhlc.us. And if you're in the Maryland area and don't have a place that you're connecting, first of all, uh, you can't really be a strong disciple without that. 
Second of all, get connected somewhere. Third of all, if you don't have a place you're connected, connect, visit these guys and see if that's where we'll have you. Thank you, partners and friends, for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you next week.